couple of China stories for you. Kind of China stories. Tangentially China stories. Are they Taiwan stories? Um, China is asshole! (laughs) All right, sir. You made your feelings about China clear. So we've talked about China's social credit system that the government has. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they surveil everybody all the time. and they I keep, like it, and it's terrifying. Keep track of all your information and all that sort of stuff. The, People uh, who drive in the left lane, block traffic, they get points off. See, that's the part I like. They're keeping. If tr- I were in charge of this. They're keeping track of your, uh, like, you know, do you pay your bills on time? Do you jaywalk? Do you... Uh, so far, so good. Just anything you can possibly think of all factors into a certain score of how reliable a good Chinese citizen you are, and the government keeps trying. But it, it goes into, do you write uh, things critical of the government? Of course. Do yeah. you dare criticize your local corrupt mob boss government commie official? Um... Do you have membership or, or or any sort of support for the Falun Gong or Tibetan Buddhism? Do you have a failure to pay any debts? Excessive video gaming would would factor Uh-oh. in on your social there score. There you go. Criticizing the government, late payments, failing to sweep the sidewalk in front of your store could lower your score. Do you smoke or play loud music? Play loud music and wait you get a, Wait a minute. So if you're playing loud music and your neighbor complains to someone, it goes into your overall score. It could affect whether or not you get to get your kid into that school or not. Or how much a mortgage costs you. Or whether Oh, you, I'm sorry. You don't get the 3.85%. you got to go 4.1% because you crank out the jams too much. I've read stories where it even goes to what sort of travel you can use. Uh, yeah, you oh need yeah. a good score to use airplanes. The people with bad scores, you get on the train. Can you stay in this hotel? No, you can't stay in this hotel because you play your music too loud all the time. You can stay in that hotel over there. It's uh, it's pretty awful. But are we opting into this sort of system in a certain way in the United States of America? Many Westerners... Are, what am I reading from? I shouldn't... I should. I obviously sound like I'm reading. I shouldn't pretend that I'm making this up off the top of my head. <laughs> Just had some thoughts. You're fooling no one. <laughs> I don't know what this is for. Coming up on the uh, Armstrong and Getty Show, my favorite judge in America. Oh, believe, this guy, you're going to love him. I believe right? it's from Wired. From Wired. Whatever that is. Uh, many Westerners are disturbed by what they read about China's social credit system, but such systems, it turns out, are not unique to China. A parallel system is developing in the United States in part as a result of Silicon Valley and technology industry user policies and in part by surveillance of social media by private companies. So we're opting into a lot of this, and it's it's not the government per se, but I'm not sure it's going to be that much different in the end. Uh, the New York State Department of Financial Services announced earlier this year that life insurance companies can base premiums on what they find in your social media posts. I'm in the process of applying for more life insurance right now, and it's way longer, more difficult process than I thought it was going to be. Right. Well, um, if you habitually post pictures of yourself, like standing on the seat of your motorcycle as it rides, you know, as as it as it's moving. Reading from Wired, that Instagram pic showing you teasing a grizzly bear at Yellowstone with a martini in one hand, a bucket of cheese fries in the other, and a cigarette in your mouth could cost you. <laughs> On the other hand, a Facebook post showing you doing yoga might save you money. Uh, patron scan helps. Do you use patron scan or do you go to bars where they have patron I've scan? Been, I, I don't know if specifically this, but I have been at bars where they have these kind of connected ID scan. And things. this is becoming more patron and more popular. Scan, I've never heard of that. It's a, it's a thing they have in bars and nightclubs, and it's it's getting more and more popular with cities all across the country. 
where they they scan you. It's a, it's a shared database of bar patrons to where oh. if I get into a fight at at bar A and I get kicked out for fighting, right? Anybody who uses this patron scan thing for ID checking at the door will know that I have been kicked out of a bar for fighting. So I may get kicked out of right. ba- or ba- maybe banned from that bar as well. well. So, so maybe I'm Colin McGregor and I jack old men in the face for daring to criticize me whiskey. So you're telling me I can't go in the next bar? They're magically delicious. They're magically delicious. Racism! Patron scan helps spot fake IDs was the, you know, it's for our safety and the safety of others, of course. That's why we're always doing this. And troublemakers, when customers arrive at a patron scan using bar, their ID is scanned. The company maintains a list of objectionable customers designed to protect venues from people previously removed for fighting, sexual assault, drugs, theft, and other bad behavior. Which, of course, varies so much from bar to bar, or is just in the eye of the, 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 the that bartender that night, mm. what crosses the line or not. Yeah. A public list is shared among all patron scan customers across the country. So someone who's banned by one bar in the United States is potentially banned by all bars in the United States, the UK, and Canada across the patron scan system. You're telling system. me! It's incredibly inconvenient! I want to have a drink, I gotta go to Singapore! So, you, so you got in, a, in fight with a, a with a crazy chick or dude you're dating in a bar? Yes, wasn't your fault. You're oh, no. now banned from all bars in the United States, Canada, or the UK. Or, or what? What's the the policy for context? Right. So if I'm I'm out with with my girl, my girl gets assaulted by somebody. I end up having to handle. Wait, I, I defend myself sure, from this go. guy. We both get matter, thrown out yep. like a knight of old. Sorry, you're not going to any bars in those three uh, places that I mentioned. Is there an appeals process? Probably not. Let the brawling drunk uh, circuit court come to order. Next case. And it goes through a bunch of other examples of uh, the, the social credit score you basically have. With Uber, for instance, we have a credit score, and that score is being used. All of these are relatively innocuous, but it all comes together. And does you know to what extent? Well, we all know hackers can get into any of this stuff and have the information. Oh, there's that. The government regularly gets into <laughs> these these things that we. Uh, you know, bubbles up in the news. They got this information. They got they, they got these phone records. How they magically get the phone records of everywhere I've been with my cell phone? But they did. Um, so maybe we're opting into this system and it's coming to your life. On the other hand, if you got people who block up the left lane or drop f bombs in McDonald's or whatever, you know, they can't. Not only can they not fly, they can't take the train. They got to ride a bike. We don't even let them use a car. <laughs> Their mortgage runs at twenty seven percent. They they can't get a job the rest of it until they stop blocking the left lane. I'm in favor of this. So I'm applying for this extra life insurance that I wish I would have done before I got cancer. Um, would have been a lot easier. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. And and I had life insurance, but I decided I, I wanted more. And then this process has been. But so I was wondering, maybe you know this. So I've spent, I think three times I've been on the phone for a half an hour. Oh man, answer, really? Answering the same questions. And the third time, I'm I'm like 10 minutes into this. They just say, hey, would you call us back? We have uh, some questions for you. And I start in, and then it keeps going. And I say, how long is this going to take? Well, it depends on your answers. And and each time, it took around 30 minutes. And the third one, I said, you know, no, th- it's not your fault, but I just, I got to point out, this is it. the third time I'm answering these questions on the phone, and I'm pretty sure I've answered them two or three times in print, uh, filling out forms and uh and she just kept, she just moved on. So, on or about the date of blah blah and I thought, is this, is this an attempt to, to see if you give different answers? Yes. Is that what that is? Gotta be. 
It's got to be. Because you're talking about the same company, not multiple yes, no, companies. Yes, same company. Okay, well, yeah, clearly so, it's, it's like cops saying, all right, run me through that again. It didn't occur to me until I got off the phone because I thought, you're just so floundering that you don't know that somebody already called and I did this. But then I thought, okay, maybe there's a reason for it. They're saying if if one time I say, no, I haven't uh, you know, done cocaine in the last five years, and maybe the next time I say yes. Right. Is that it? I don't know. Yeah, that's part of, uh, that's uh, one of the, like, building blocks of the Joe Getty theory of criminality, which is if you've ever considered a life in crime, you're too dumb to have a life in crime and pull it off. And that's, you know, talking to cops and federal, federal agents and that sort of thing. So amazing the number of doofuses who can't keep their lies straight. Partly because they lie so much. Yeah, I tried. I tried to be honest, but some of them are so. Uh, have you ever been hospitalized? Yes. When, uh, when's the last time you were hospitalized? I was eight. What were what was it for? I don't really remember. <laughs> I mean, just something. You know, I was sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just a, just a really in depth questions for this. Yeah, thing. yeah. So, oh, speaking of familial relationships, I made a decision. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. It was uh, my uh, my daughter's boyfriend's birthday the other day, which of course you know because of social media. Um, and my wife sent him a. Uh, uh, an affectionate birthday greeting. Wow. He's, he's, a, he's a terrific kid. Sort of thing you wouldn't have known in the past, unless they were really close, you wouldn't know your daughter's boyfriend's right. birthday. Right. Well, they've been together a long time now. Oh. Um, but I uh, I was thinking about sending them birthday wishes, and I didn't. I thought, nah, you got to put a ring on that before wow, I uh, start yeah. Writing. I just I wasn't sure. I hope you have an average birthday. Happy or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a birthday. So what? I texted him. <laughs> find the statistic of how many other people had a birthday on this day right (laughs) hurt her i'll kill you today like every other day happy birthday goodbye (laughs) Goodbye. signed joe (laughs) i couldn't decide so i didn't and i feel a little bad about it because i'm fond of the kid oh boy but uh well so anyway i don't know fellow dads i don't know i make the right move i don't think it's 415-295-KFTC well he's a nice kid Judy yeah. did, but I don't know. I'm the dad. Yeah, I don't I mean, you can't he... get too close to the defendant, right? Well, even when they're married, are you going to send messages to your kids' spouses on their birthday? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Really? Sure. Hmm. Yeah. I've never thought of I mean, I don't know. I haven't been there in the modern world, but I never thought about texting. It's, yeah. it's a message of you're part of the family. You know, you have my respect. You should feel welcome. Just because I put out constant vibes of hostility and suspicion, please don't think I don't care about you. Gotcha. That's the message. Oh, hey, speaking of defendants and the and the like, my favorite judge in America. I want to. I don't know. Form a fan club around this guy. Is that a thing? Judge in Montana. We'll tell you about awesome. him next. Armstrong and Getty. Oh, and I didn't get to the other China story, which I will to later. China is sending young single people on a love train in a bid to tackle their whole sex children problem that they've got in that country, which is a serious, serious problem. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, China's demographic challenges are amazing. Well, after years and years and years of a one-child policy and forced abortions, turns out you're running out of people, and those demographic things aren't easy to turn around. Yeah, it turns out communism was so bad at feeding people, they had to severely limit the number of people. This is my favorite judge uh, currently, perhaps of all time. Cascade County District Judge Greg Pinsky in beautiful Cascade County, Montana. You got a couple of dimwits who tried to defraud the legal system into uh, letting them stand trial in veterans court where vets can get more lenient treatment because of their service, lingering effects, uh, PTSD, that sort of thing. It's it's a great idea to me. We demand so much of these guys and gals, and then, you know, especially those who are dealing with PTSD, yeah, they're acting out. we, we got to help them, not hammer them. Anyway, um, so these guys lie about being vets to try to get out of responsibility for what they've done. And as Cascade County District Judge Pinsky finds out what they've done, here's their punishment for for that fraud. Never mind the crimes, which will you know they'll get to eventually. But he's ordered the men to handwrite the names of all six thousand seven hundred and fifty six Americans killed in Iraq and Afghanistan. Rewrite by hand the obituaries for the forty Montanans among those 6,700-plus, and write apologies to the veterans groups they fooled, then, when they're paroled, this is starting to sound like a prize package on The Price is Right or something like that. Then, when you're paroled, they'll have to stand at the Montana Veterans Memorial for eight hours on Memorial Day and Veterans Day with signs saying, I am a liar, I am not a veteran, I stole valor, I have dishonored veterans. Now, I'm hoping they'll post some sort of guards there or something, or these guys are going to get, you know, the hell beat out of them, which we don't do in this country. But uh, Judge Pinsky, well done, sir. Well done. Judge on. And can you, uh, I'm fine with that, but is that, uh, it's not cruel, but it's unusual punishment. Uh, right, well, no, it can be, uh, the Constitution, Jack, as you know, says there can be no cruel and unusual. It's in cursive, so I can't read it. <laughs> Just getting back to a previous conversation on the show, it has to be cruel and unusual. So it's if it's merely getting punched in the face and you do that to lots of people, that's certainly cruel, but it's not unusual. It's become usual. Now, if you have a a, a clown in full clown costume come into your cell... And uh, just heckle you for hours at a time. That's unusual. It's not terribly cruel, though. We've all been heckled. <laughs> so it needs to be both. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to see. Yeah. So I'm looking up at Good Morning America, and they've got this headline. I don't even know what the story is. The Lunch Crunch. Growing concern about students going hungry at lunchtime. Where is this happening in America, where students are regularly going hungry at lunchtime? Nowhere. No, kids are getting free brunch, free or free uh, breakfast, free lunch. I would like brunch. brunch. Um, <laughs> a lot you know, fewer mimosas at high schools. <laughs> third graders are standing around saying, "You know, I don't feel like I get my money's worth out of the uh, the brunch, the the uh, the buffet. I just don't eat that much anymore." But no, you're getting free lunch and and breakfast and uh, twelve months a year, including like adults in a lot of places around the country. Where is it? Oh, it's is it food insecurity? 
At least once in the past year, you've thought, I wonder what I'm going to eat tonight. That's how they define food insecurity. God, it's so phony. Is there growing concern about students going hungry at lunchtime? No, no, there's not. Uh, No. It's ridiculous. Um, Who wants to eat? Who the f*** wants to eat? Go have something to eat. Hooray! There's a principal at a public school right there. Is the idea of brunch that I didn't eat breakfast and I'm not going to eat lunch, but I'm eating that? Or is the idea that I need a meal between breakfast and lunch? I think it's the former. (laughs) It's not that I need three prior to uh, one o'clock. Three different meals. No, certainly not. No, no. I mean, that happens, but that's not why it exists. Right, right. You know, I'm not eating till noon these days. I'm doing the compressed eating schedule. Intermittent fasting is a bad term. It just doesn't describe what's happening. It's a compressed eating schedule. I essentially eat between noon and 6, 6.30. How's that working for you? Pretty well. How hungry are you in between? Annoyingly. Are you getting used to it? But not, uh, yeah. Well, as you know, I wake up in the morning annoyed. So, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I'm not enjoying it, but it's fine. It's pretty surprising once you actually shrink your window down and you realize, wow, this is, this is doable. It's never, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Unless I like get caught up in something and I don't eat till one thirty in the afternoon, having been up since four twenty in the morning. But do you ever shake or cry? No. Well, yes. Yes. It's just, but not because of this. Right. Right. Okay. It's over. <laughs> well, it's over other things that I don't care to discuss. Uh, but uh, so it, it's fine. What was my, my uh, did I have a point? Does anybody let's take a vote. Is it probable that I had You're a just point? bragging about your willpower while yes. the rest of us uh, eat whatever we want. Uh-huh. Me and willpower. Hilarious. <laughs> no, but I miss breakfast. I do. I just like it so much. Well, eat it at one o'clock or whenever you start eating again. What? Marshall's news is next <laughs> on the Armstrong and Getty show. So I was looking up at the TV, Good Morning America, The Lunch Crunch, growing concern about students going hungry at lunchtime, and I was wondering, where in America is this happening where people are actually going hungry? I see these debunked all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got this text. I work in one of the most expensive parts of California in a cafeteria, school. So it's an expensive part of California. You'd assume most of the people there can afford lunch for their kids. And if you can't, you need to readjust your priorities. Well, if you can what, afford to live there, move over your Netflix account or, or whatever and spend it on food for your children. But anyway. Although there are programs at every school, but go on. I'm arguing against something that isn't happening. Right. Um, I work in one of the most expensive parts of California in the cafeteria at school. There are literally hundreds of people on the free lunch program. They check salaries on the applications randomly. And if you lie, you get thrown off the program. There's no consequence. Right. So basically, you have nothing to lose. By claiming you need to get the free lunch. Oh, yeah, I've talked to plenty of teachers. The kids uh, pull up in their Mercedes SUV, and then they go get their free breakfast and free lunch. Because in this this is what happens in all socialism, and I'm looking forward to discussing that during our uh, Armstrong and Getty XL podcast we're going to do later on today, is people figure, all right, well, everybody's scamming the system. I'm a fool if I don't. And at some point, I mean, I, I still, stupidly perhaps, have too much pride to have the government paying for my kids' lunch. Yeah, you got to get over that. Much that thing you feel is pride. At some point, you have to. At some <laughs> yeah. point, you do have to decide. Look, you paid for all this food. You're paying it for other scammers. Why are you paying double by 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 sending your kid to school with lunch you paid for again? Right. When it becomes clear, the authorities don't care. Right. If you scam or not. I mean, nobody cares. Right. 
Uh, one more child-related note, if I might. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was a monster. A monster. If you've dug into the accusations against him, uh, the many of the accusers were in court yesterday. The, the judge, to his credit, I think, went ahead and held a hearing on, on all the yep. accusations and the rest. Uh, he was a monster, and a hell of a lot of people knew it. They let him get away with it, uh, you know, for money. Because he had money. Because he entertained them, he gave them stuff, he wined them and dined them, he was powerful, he made political contributions, the rest of it. He was a monster. News now with Marshall Phillips. Oxycontin manufacturer Purdue Pharma wow, speaking of monsters. is offering up to $12 billion to settle lawsuits over the opioid epidemic. Now, lawyers for the company and its owners, the Sackler family, discussed the deal during a private meeting, which according to the New York Times would also see... The Sacklers giving up ownership of Purdue. This is all coming out after the release of a 2015 video testimony from former chairman and president, Dr. Richard Sackler, who was asked at one point how much money his company and his family made selling Oxy. How much money has Purdue Frederick or Purdue Pharma made off the sale of OxyContin? I, I don't know. Okay. Do you know how much the Sackler family has made off the sale of OxyContin? I don't know. But fair to say it's over a billion dollars. It would be fair to say that, yes. Do you know if it's over $10 billion? I don't think so. Do you know if it's over $5 billion? I don't know. So the answer is somewhere between 5 and 10. Yes. (laughs) That's why you don't want to answer hypotheticals, because you usually can nail things down like that. But so some of you, you made somewhere between 5 and $10 billion (laughs) off of this. The family itself. Wow. Wow. I heard, what did I hear yesterday? 143 people a day in America right now are dying of opioid overdoses. 143 a day. Across the pond, Queen Elizabeth has approved the UK government's request to suspend Parliament amid... I hereby approve! I hereby approve! It's all right with me! Suspend it! Don't suspend it! Who cares? (laughs) I'm old! This amid the growing crisis over Brexit. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, spoke to the Queen today to request an end to the current Parliament session in September and then resume it in mid-October. There will be ample time on both sides of that crucial October the 17th summit. Ample time in Parliament for MPs to debate uh, the EU, to debate Brexit and uh, all the other issues. Ample time. Opposition lawmakers contending he wants to limit the ability of the lawmakers to come up with legislation that would block a no-deal Brexit. Just do something, or don't, or just shut up. Brexit, please. What can I pay to filter out Brexit news from my brain? So that's Brexit and Miley Cyrus I don't want to hear anything about Brexit or Miley Cyrus. Right. (laughs) You have your standards. You know, along with the upcoming Democrat uh, presidential uh, primary debate, CNN is planning, it turns out, a seven-hour town hall on climate change featuring ten of the Democratic presidential candidates. How many hours? Seven hours. Ain't nobody got time for that. Seven-hour climate change town hall. Are they going to, like, argue, like, the the so-called debates, or is it a forum one at a time? With a bunch of people that are never going to be president. Sounds fascinating. One at a time. Being quizzed by various CNN personalities. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's... uh... CNN's a turd. You know, that's some frank talk, and I apologize. It's coarse, it's rude, it's ungentlemanly. But CNN is a turd. 
That event, by That's the way. That's a disgusting word. I don't like that word. It, I've, it I've, was intended to I've, be. I've never said it. Really? I've never yeah. said that word. Well, aren't you a little prince? <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I gotta have t-shirts made. How many of those do you think I can sell? Just says CNN. It'd be the actual logo is a turd. And there'd be a picture of a piece of human excrement. Oh, I can sell tens of thousands. Oh, sandwich. Yes. Ah. <sighs> That event, by the way, is set for September the 4th. I've, I've marked my calendar. There Thank you me. go. Hey, by the way, soak up the sunshine now because a frosty winter is on the way. According to the predictions in the Farmer's Almanac, it is going to be this coming winter season. will provide a polar coaster of frosty temps. That's a... Polar phrase. We heard it. We heard it. Somebody came up with polar coaster, and then they've built a story around that phrase. So what sort of computer modeling does the Farmer's Almanac use? That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So, um... Yes? Apparently the story about the lunch crunch somebody texted who watches Good Morning America, for those of us who don't, is about how schools have shortened the lunch time at schools, and kids don't have enough time to eat, and that's why they're hungry, which actually happens to my son, because the school lunch, it used to be a lunch hour when I was a kid. Um, I think we got 40 minutes. It's it, it, 20 minutes at a lot of schools, or less, and by the time you you know you get through and sit down and get your stuff and everything, and it's, it's not much time, and it's part of the way they've dealt with all the other crap that they got to jam into the school day, um, is uh, shortening the amount of time for lunch. Uh, I don't know. So eat faster is what I always say to my son. So they can drill them and get them ready for the standardized test. This is what I suggest. You eat faster. Right. Talk less, eat faster. Right. Uh, This seems like a self-correcting thing to me. Yeah. Putting aside the whole drilling for standardized test things, uh, yeah, if you're hungry, you'll eat. And if you're hungry three days in a row because you failed to eat, day four, I'm guessing you'll eat. You would assume. A comprehensive report by the Federation for Immigration Reform breaks down the cost of illegal immigration to the United States taxpayers. It's a hell of a lot. There's a shock. And uh, they break it down by state, too. Who's paying the most? The answer will shock you if you've not been paying attention for years and years. <laughs> Otherwise, it will not. Right. And that's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Papa John's has named its new CEO. I know you've all been wondering about that one. Uh, Papa John's has named its new CEO. It's the former president of Arby's. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, former head of Arby's said, I'm excited to finally work in the food industry. So, <laughs> What is it all about? Conan has had a jihad against Arby's. What is for the twenty story? years? I love Arby's. Arby's is great. Arby's is great. Arby's is more real food like than the vast majority of fast food restaurants. Oh, absolutely. Why? Love Arby's. <laughs> so, Fine, meaty sandwiches. So it just occurred to me. So the Arby's jokes on The Simpsons were probably written by Conan when he was a Simpsons writer. Probably back you're in right. the day, because that always mystified me too. Why has The Simpsons got it in for Arby's? It's Conan. It's his yeah. one man jihad. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, hey, what did some listeners suggest we seek out a Simpsons clip about? What was it? Brunch. And I couldn't, uh, the only, no. I found something where Moe's was having a brunch spectacular. I'm so in. Moe's Tavern, home of a super Sunday brunch spectacular. Oh, baloney. Bran. Gotcha. <laughs> bologna, bran, bread, bologna bread. His brunch spectacular was bologna sandwiches with Wonder Bread. God dang it, those characters are good. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, so you got your Federation for Immigration Reform, FAIR. Uh, we're fans. We've talked to their folks many, many times. Got a new report out um, based on the most recent data, which is 2017. You'd think with like Excel spreadsheets and all you could get last year's, but... Uh, the report calculates taxpayer burden of illegal immigrants by adding total federal, state, and local expenditures, adding total federal, state, and local taxes paid by illegal immigrants. It counts on federal and state uh, uh, figures. Um, and their methodology seems quite sound to me. Uh, counting up from uh, which states spend the most. By the way, the total U.S. taxpayers, uh, this is the net, pay about $116 billion annually the costs above the the tax revenue of illegal immigrants, about $116 billion. Your number 10 state, Virginia, then Arizona, then North Carolina, Georgia, we're counting up, folks, Illinois, New Jersey, New York's number four. Here's your top three states and what it costs all the illegals in the state. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sunshine State, Florida, number three. Two million illegal immigrants, a probable cost of about $6 billion per year. <clears throat> wow, that's a lot of money. In second place, don't mess with them unless you're illegal. It's Texas. More than four million, excuse me. Bernie Sanders this morning. $27 billion. The estimated cost to Texas for their more than four million illegal immigrants and their kids is nearly $11 billion. But number one in population, number one in beaches, and number one in illegals, it's... Number one in homeless. It's Cal Unicornia, the bum state, America's Haiti. More than 6 million illegals and their children uh, cost uh, more than $23 billion. That's a lot of money you could spend on, well, anything you want to. Schools, the homeless problem. The mentally ill. Whatever. Medicine for sick kids. Whatever. But it's being spent on illegals. Because if you say, well, wait a minute now, we have an immigration system. Why don't we just follow those rules? You're a racist. And where did these numbers come from again? <clears throat> Fair. Federation for Immigration Reform. Now, you often hear the uh, the stat that uh, immigration is a net positive for America. One of the ways they make that work is they say immigration and include people that do it lawfully with right. people that do it illegally right? to fudge the numbers. Yeah, That's that's the, the oldest trick that, that is done in the media and by our politicians is constantly conflating illegal and legal immigration sure. when it serves you. And then you've got this. There you are in Mississippi. You're in some uh, medium-sized town. Got a few thousand people in that town. Also got a big old meat packing plant. Turns out there's, you know, a few thousand illegals there working there. That plant owner is realizing an enormous economic gain by employing cheap, compliant, somewhat frightened, illegal alien labor. Okay? 
So that's a huge economic game. That are game. less likely to go to HR because their boss slapped them on the ass or whatever else because sure. you're here illegally. Or didn't sure. pay overtime yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. Okay, so he, uh, and you know, hold, I'm holding my hands apart, whatever, picture, picture a bar graph. That's an enormous economic gain. And then you have the local schools that can no longer offer band and, and, and drama and sports. And the teachers are begging parents to send pencils and all this stuff to school because exactly. they don't have any. Because they've had to devote 35% of their budget to English as a second language courses and no longer have the money to educate the little American kids and the lawful immigrants. Well, that number, that economic cost is smaller than the happy, happy meatpacking plant owner. So those illegals are a net economic positive. Isn't that great? Again, you get half the truth, it's a lie. Anyway, moving along. Congratulations, California, once again on top of the heap, uh, winning yet another contest in the race to the bottom. Um, But, you know, that's enough on that for now. Two new polls have come out since the last time we told you about polls yesterday that show Biden to easily have a double-digit lead over everybody else. So Right. That one that was discussed for a couple of days. That was a wacky poll. That was a wacky poll. Forget that poll. The poll that's getting a fair amount of attention today, which is a USA Today Suffolk University poll, is how confident you are if your candidate loses the presidential election that the election was fair and square. And it's troubling to me that the plurality, the biggest number, is somewhat confident at 32%. Mm. I have always been completely confident and will continue to be, unless there's some real news reporting showing something legitimately happened. If it happens, it'll be day of election, crazy hinkiness with um, uh, the uh, the registration rolls. So you got the majority that are somewhat to very confident, which is good. But that's only 53% that are somewhat to very confident that the election is fair and is going to be fair and square. Not very confident, 20%. Not at all confident, 18%. Wait, so about a fifth of the country is that cynical about our election process. They, they, they just think it's rigged. That's well, something. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking presidential election? Correct. If I was talking about the run for a seat in Congress in Orange County, California where they have permitted, uh, the state of corrupt California has permitted the most ridiculous, patently fraudulent activities, including the infamous vote harvesting, I would answer that question differently. How would you answer it? I would say I am, what are my choices? Somewhat? Uh, very confident, somewhat confident. Not very confident, and then not at all confident. Uh, well, and then undecided. I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably say not very confident. Okay. I mean, I know what's going on. It's documented. It's illegal in virtually every state, but it's been encouraged in California because most California politicians on the left are in favor of vote fraud. But the reason this poll, I think, should get some attention is if we have a close election, and we, we certainly might, um, there could be some serious unrest if you have somewhere around a third of the country thinks it was uh, stolen, yeah, rigged. Oh, that would be that would be an ugly time. Absolutely. You know, just to clarify what I meant about the, most politicians are in favor of vote fraud on the left in California. They're in favor of things that are absolutely undeniably known to uh, coddle vote fraud. They permit vote fraud. They allow vote fraud to happen, um, and nobody's quite sure whether it happened. And, and you know, come on now. If you're in favor of that sort of thing, then you're in favor of vote fraud. You'd rather not know. Hey, if you happen to get the uh, the fabulous award-winning 
fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty Extravaganza. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking to Tim Sanford, Tim the Lawyer, about his new book. Really looking forward to that if you don't grab it on the podcast. So Saturday Night Live is making announcements about their upcoming season. I hope they don't open with Alec Baldwin doing Trump. Oh, my God. But they probably will. But anyway, um, uh, who's going to be host that sort of stuff? Some cast members that are leaving. And I was happy to see that the least funny person in the history of Saturday Night Live, and I've been watching it since the first year and have never missed a season. I've hardly missed Vinny's shows. Mm. Leslie Jones, the least funny person in the history of Saturday Night Live, is leaving. Mm. Thank God. Um, Bye-bye. And she went out with what the New York Times called a bang in the final episode of the season when she gave her screed about abortion and how this is my body and just a load of crap, in my opinion. Um, Didn't see it. Oh, just just so tiring. I I almost tweeted at her yesterday since it was getting so much attention. Um, Old white men aren't telling you what to do with your body. You can do anything you want with your body. You can shoot it full of heroin. You can eat cheesecake all day long. You can get it big and fat. You can work out every day. You can be in burning marches. I care what you do with that child's body. That's what I'm concerned about. What you do with your body? No, I have no interest whatsoever. Oh, inconvenient argument. I wondered how she'd respond. I wonder she wouldn't respond to that. But does her crowd actually believe that, what they're saying? Or what? what is what is going on there? Well, nobody allows any nuanced, any argument, uh, so, yeah, and people just at the uh, outer 10% screaming at each other. That's uh, that's tiresome is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Doesn't yeah. get us anywhere. Nope. Um, Gets us to where we are now, which is nowhere, man. I don't even know what that means. Hope Doesn't you get the next anything. hour. Tim the Lawyer, one of our favorites, next.